my mom has always been so supportive. Now, my dad doesn't know what I do. <laughs> I try to explain it to him over and over and over again. I apparently have been a project manager for most of my design life. Welcome to Discovering Design, a podcast featuring a different guest each episode recounting their career prior to design, what sparked their interest in the creative arts, and how they pivoted to cement their career as a full-time designer. Our guest for this episode is Jessica Tremblay. Prior to design, Jessica was a choreographer, but is now a designer and program manager for racial equity in design at IBM helping to deliver programming and initiatives to ensure black designers can bring their full, authentic selves to work. We'll learn about growing up in Texas, what it takes to inspire the next generation, and why you should never stop asking yourself if what you're doing now makes you happy. And with that, I'd like to introduce Jessica Tremblay. in Fort Worth, Texas, which is, it's not Dallas. It's just west of Dallas. It's about 45 minutes just west. And I was born 1983, early 80s. Uh, Texas was a very just interesting place back then, especially Fort Worth. It was its own, I'd say its own, you know, little conservative bubble in a way. Um, I did go to private school, so from kindergarten all the way until senior year of high school, I went to this went to the same school. Um, had probably I would say twenty to thirty of the same classmates all through all throughout my my early years, my early developing years. And I I knew when I went through school and I went through academia that you know I was really interested in in dance in the arts. I, I danced a lot. That was my extracurricular activity. And my mom, actually, she put me in dance school when I was three years old. So three years old, went to uh, Bruce Lee Dance Company, L-E-A, not L-E-E. Uh, and Bruce Bruce was, uh, he actually danced with Debbie Allen back in the day in Vegas. So he has a lot of little celebrity uh, stories. Uh, it was four nights a week and then half a day on Saturday. I mean, it was my sport. It was my athletics. And I actually even took more dance when I was at, as, as my actual sport, took ballet in, in high school and in middle school. Besides school, I definitely spent my time staring at a computer. So I, I did you know, grow up in early internet days, prodigy days, and the internet, it just, I was drawn immediately to it, immediately. And I uh, grew up in the in the time of GeoCities and in MySpace, so taught myself how to code, taught myself how to design, um, and who would have thought that editing my friend's band page in in MySpace and learning HTML and and the beginnings of JavaScript that that would eventually lead to a, a career as to what I'm doing today. My mother, she she and my dad met in San Antonio. They were both in the Air Force and were in the medical unit. My dad was a pediatrician and my mom was a neonatal nurse. 
Once they got married, they moved to Fort Worth. My dad had an allergy practice and had the same allergy practice for 40 something years. My mother was, as soon as, as soon as I came along, the second child, uh, she just became a full-time mom and it was taking care of me, taking care of my brother, uh, literally driving me to my dance classes, wherever I needed to go. And same for my brother. I truly, absolutely, truly just enjoyed it. I loved learning. I loved and just the physicality of it all. And I love the, the expression. So dance is a very amazing art form in that you could express yourself through movement, through, through your body. And especially with competitive dance, and I did a lot of team stuff. So we did competitions, we went all across the country and competed, you know, in our teams and it became uh, a very competitive, you know, drive for, for a lot of us. We wanted to win as a team, you know, and we were, we were pretty good. I just remember my mom just plopping me in a class and putting those tap shoes on and just, dang, I can make sound with my feet and people love it and they enjoy it. I think my mom was just happy that, uh, you know, she's, she's doing something that's very constructive. Uh, she's really enjoying it. Um, and my mom, you know, she, she wasn't a very, uh, artsy person in terms of, you know, physical dance, but she, but she was an artist, but uh, she did love going to the competitions and, you know, watching people. Uh, and then of course, having her relationships with the other dance moms. And we, we, we were in, in sort, like we were our own, own little family, our own little dance family. It wasn't until actually I graduated high school and went into college and started teaching. That's when I started thinking, oh, wow, this is actually something that's really fun. I really enjoy doing it. When I went to UT Austin, part of my extracurriculars was not only being on a, a dance company called Steel Dance Company, where we did choreograph our own routines and, um, uh, and performed in, in front of university functions, but I took a job as a teacher. And so being able to work with kids, being able to work with students and watch their progress through, you know, choreography, through just teaching ballet and routines. And I mean, it was, it was, I was making an impact on these kids' lives. I taught, uh, I would say four to six classes per week, if not even more than that. And then on top of that, we had competition choreography as well as solo choreography. So in essence, it was a part-time role, but it felt like a full-time role uh, just because of all the, all the prep work that you had to do on the side before you got to the studio and, and were teaching your classes. What I would do was, was be inspired and, and look at uh, different competition videos all over YouTube, watching different choreographers, uh, different competitive groups from all across the country. And so you could see, oh, what's happening? What's new in, in the dance industry right now? And it, it, you know, it's so much content out there that you would have to, have to sift through. And then after just being inspired by that, so I try out some moves. There's uh, a list of, you know, maybe there's some small routines that I wanted to get choreographed just for the week for for my classes that week, or there were uh, was work that I had to do for some of the competitive routines, or even the music cutting. Music cutting took a long time, took a long time out of my day. 
and finding the right piece of music is just critical and essential to you know the kids that you want to make sure that they're liking what they're dancing to that they're enjoying it uh that it's uh, kid appropriate uh, obviously and but yeah being able to cut the music because most competitions and most um performances required dances to be around two minutes two minutes 30 seconds and most songs as we know are around i would say three minutes 30 seconds if not more so there was an art to you know making making the balance between okay i gotta cut this song down i don't want to lose the essence of the song and then i also gotta ensure that um that the kids you know they're, that they're gonna enjoy dancing to this just seeing your routine start out i mean it never started out good ever right uh, the very first pass of teaching the routines um you know it, and and i i didn't realize at the time what i was what i was uh, doing back in the day but i always today use use the phrase everything is a prototype and if something didn't work back then we were quick to change it we were quick to adjust and in and make sure that either the the, the students were you know, comfortable with the routines or comfortable with, you know, the music cuts and, and um, all the nitty gritty and bits and pieces that went into making a routine. But we were quick to change, you know. I know some teachers have a different style. They're very regiment about, you know, you got to stick to this and do this. But I really wanted to make sure that that whatever I choreographed and whatever I created, you know, the, that the performer, they wanted to, I want them to feel it. I wanted them to feel it in their soul and really enjoy it. And so just seeing that expression come through on stage and come through with, you know, the kids just enjoying the heck out of what they were doing, uh, being up there under the lights and the costume and the makeup, and then performing a dance that I choreographed, that I created for them. We didn't have TikTok back then. Uh, I kind of wish I did, though, because it would have been really inspirational. But I mean, the dance scene itself was uh, very white leaning. It was a very privileged space because it was expensive. It was really expensive to take classes, to afford all the costumes and the competition fees. Um, I mean, in, and it, especially in the demographics where I both taught and I grew up, diversity was just uh, essentially it was sad but it was non-existent even in the music choices i mean you name it very white leaning unfortunately and very privileged and i do see, see a lot of things changing one of the really interesting things um so capizio is one of the big companies that makes some of uh, the the footwear for the shoes or the tights or the leotards but they as a company I mean, you'll see only white dancers will have the pink tights and their ballet pink tights. And there's also different flesh tone tights, but they were more geared towards lighter skin in everything from shoes, tights, um, you name it. And it wasn't until recently that they started actually making, you know, shoes that were uh, for, for darker skin tones. And I'll never forget, we, um, we did have, um, I had one black student we ensured every single time she went out on stage, we had to dye her tights in tea to make them darker because we wanted her to feel like herself, you know, feel um, feel like she was a part of what we were making and what we we're creating. And it came down to, yeah, the, the equipment, you know, essentially that she was using. And so it, it definitely just made her day. <laughs> it made her mom's day too. Um, but just making sure that she felt, you know, included and felt to be a part of the team in every way, shape or form.
I didn't see a long-term, you know, plan with being a choreographer and being a dance teacher. Um, it was just something that I had been doing for so long, since three years old, right? I, I just couldn't think about even letting go of it. It was just such a part of who I was and, and what I love to do. Um, but, you know, after looking at and seeing, you know, the, the different the different progressions of some of my friends in the industry and and how they're making careers out of it. The, the, I mean, the next step for me would have been you know, maybe opening up my own studio or looking at connections, you know, in, in some of the bigger cities like New York and San Francisco and potentially getting involved in uh, some of the scenes there in LA, you know, becoming um, a choreographer for some of the dance uh, sections of music videos or recording artists, or, I mean, there were so many different paths that I was seeing so many of my friends uh, taking, but um, I just, I really enjoyed being with students. I really enjoyed teaching kids specifically and just, you know, being able to watch them grow up and grow up with my influence and um, just being a part of their lives. And I think that's where I stayed. I also had this other side career going with my involvement in the design industry and especially here in Austin, Texas. I just happened to be same at the at the at the right place, the right time here in Austin. It was about say 10, 12 years ago when startups really started booming here in town. And having that experience with teaching myself how to code on MySpace, you know, and, and being able to use uh, what was called Paint Shop Pro back in the day, the early days of Photoshop. And I made a career out of that. So I started doing web design and web development, got hired by a few startups and took some hop, skips and jumps along the way. And it came down to, you know, I, I couldn't do the dance teaching job anymore because my design career was starting to take over full time. I am one of those people that I have to, when I do something, I have to commit to it. I want to give all of myself to it and make sure whatever I'm making is, it's of a certain quality, but it's of a certain um, passion. And I couldn't give all of myself to dance and all of myself to design all at the same time. So I had to make a choice. Experience design wasn't a thing. Uh, I can't even remember how long ago that was. It'd be 20, 30 years ago, right? It, it, user experience design just was not uh, a thing that people um, called themselves or that they put on their LinkedIn profiles. So uh, just, I, I, you know, working through back in the day with MySpace, if you wanted to have a really solid fantastic looking band site, you know, and that MySpace was a platform that a lot of bands used to be able to put up their, uh, some of their tracks and really express themselves with, you know, whatever graphics and logos and photos that they had. So, um, just my friend's punk band, uh, Swilly, they needed some, some assistance in that. And, uh, it was just something that I had to work through, teach myself and on the side, also doing GeoCities websites for, for things that I was interested in. Um, and just learning the basics of HTML and how to create logos and graphics and, uh, work with platforms to, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but make a really solid, good experience for people to, to come to these pages and learn more about either my friend's band or, uh, whatever I was else I was working on, on GeoCities at the time. One of my favorite 
humans actually on planet earth is it's she's she's my good friend alicia she um taught me everything that i had to know about photoshop um and this was back when i when i graduated ut i graduated with a studio art degree and i went right into the game actually design industry while i was teaching and doing the dance company and everything else i was doing the nine million activities um but she yeah she taught me everything that i needed to know about Photoshop. And then we also worked on a couple 3D modeling and software, did, did, did some, some games here and there, some of the Facebook games back in the day, uh, like the first version of Farmville and um, some, 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 some of the social media games. But she was just so, um, it, she was such a great teacher. She was so patient. And I mean, we just clicked. We clicked just hardcore. And I still actually keep in touch with her to this day because I mean, now she's actually working to get kids into, into gaming and, and teaches summer camps for game design for, for kids. Um, and she's just made, she's made a career out of that. And I just love watching her career evolve. Um, and I'm just, I'm just super inspired by her, super inspired by her and uh, just drive what she does in life. And yeah, just, she's just always willing to learn and teach herself and uh, not afraid to put herself out there. I never thought I'd be a designer, never. Like I never thought back in the day uh, when I was getting an art degree, I would be a designer. I always thought the design was something that was very pretentious. It was something that was reserved for this elite class of folks that live in New York or live in California in the Bay Area. And I never thought that, you know, I would, I would be a user experience designer, service designer. It clicked when, you know, uh, when I first started actually looking into IBM design specifically, um, I had a couple friends that came over here first and they kind of nudged me and said, hey, Jessica, there's something really cool happening over here. And uh, let's let's see if we can get you uh, involved in what's what's going on. And uh, as soon as I stepped foot into the design studio here in Austin, Texas for for IBM design, I was just in awe. I was floored. I had never been in a space that had so many creatives in one floor. Everybody was collaborating, writing on the walls, putting post-it notes everywhere. Um, and then after talking through uh, some of the folks that that uh, interviewed me, I mean, just talking about their mission and wanting to transform an enterprise level company from the ex uh, perspective of using a user experience design and design thinking, it's like, okay, that's that's freaking cool. I wanna I wanna be a part of this. Like, I wanna I wanna be a part of the beginning and you know just see where this goes. I mean, that was such a hard decision because. I, I didn't want to leave the kids. I didn't want to leave those relationships. You know, and there's there were a lot of tears definitely that happened when we made that decision. But I mean, just talking it through with my mom and some of the some of the, the people that I had been working with um, in some of the startups. I mean, it just it it made sense for me professionally. And leaving dance, you know, as a profession, it was just something that I've been doing since I was like I said three years old for most of my life. The only other thing was you know. I've been doing that long was what breathing. <laughs> so, um, it just, it, it, I just had to take that risk. Yeah. I got to do this. I got, I got to, I got to give this a chance. Like this is an amazing opportunity, not opportunity opportunities like this just don't come around very often. And to be a, a part of something, you know, this big, uh, I just needed to lean in and, and take the big leap. 
I still miss those kids, but yeah, I still stay in touch with them. It's just so fun to watch them, you know, grow up. And most of them actually are my students that were four or five years old. Now they're married and having babies. It's just, it's just bananas. I think my mom was a little hesitant at first, but then, you know, it's, uh, yeah, she, she, she came around. My uncle actually worked for IBM for 30 something years. So after talking with him and say, Hey, Hey, this is a great opportunity for Jessica. She needs to take it. Um, but my mom has always been so supportive. Now my dad doesn't know what I do. <laughs> I try to explain it to him over and over and over again. I apparently have been a project manager for most of my design life. Uh, but he comes from a generation, you know, of, of folks that, yeah, design just, it was a very elitist thing. I would say my first official design job was doing websites and logos for uh, an IT companies uh, for, for their clients. I mean, that was my first exposure to what it was to quote unquote, be a real designer. Learning, you know, the ropes around, okay, here's what it means to work with a client. Uh, here's some of the, you know, soft skills, I guess is what they call, uh, actually more professional skills is what I like to call them. You know, the things that you need to learn from, from working with clients and having those good relationships. The startup that I was at before uh, I went to IBM, I, that's when I was officially labeled a quote unquote UX designer. I wasn't necessarily doing visuals. I was doing more wireframing than than anything else so working in tools like balsamic and 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 some of the the old school ux wireframing tools back in the day and then when i got to ibm i mean i can't even tell you how many titles i've had since i started seven years ago and it's been everything from starting out as a visual designer to um, a front-end developer to service designer to now i'm technically a program manager and senior designer we were transforming the company from the perspective of of using design and design thinking uh, as as our you know number one driving tools to create better products that that our users wanted to buy and use. And I mean, one of the biggest challenges was so we were completely outnumbered in the very beginning as designers to engineers because IBM has been a very engineering led company for um, a lot of the of its past, and it. Uh, you know, it still is, but we were fighting day in and day out to both have a seat at the table, um, as well as, you know, ensuring that development teams and engineering teams and even um, offering managers and project managers were making sure that design was included in every part of the process. So instead of leading from, oh, this feature is cool, we think, you know, our customers will like this. Uh, we wanted to make sure that, for instance, design research and user research was done before uh, to see, you know, is was it working, not working? It, it was leaning on your support system and leaning on the people that uh, you could count on. So the most successful teams that we saw were those folks who just really supported one another. Um, and we just backed things up with data. I leaned really hard on on you know my my friends that I have and still to this day at IBM and just being able to you know share our war stories <laughs> with one another, uh, just get advice, get it, get tips. And I had some really amazing mentors that I've had across my career uh, since starting there at IBM and and people who were my advocate, people that stood up for me, people that just really wanted to see me succeed.
in this business. And I don't think I could honestly be where I am without that support system. It was just so essential. I was designed as a career or nothing else, honestly, as soon as I went into it. And um, I, I'm very lucky because I am very privileged. I am a white woman. I come from a very privileged background of, you know, having two very supportive parents, a very supportive family um, who can, you know, help me out, take me, take care of me if, if, if in need. The more I think about it, you know, back in the day, no, honestly, I didn't have a plan, but I knew I had a support system. But nowadays, definitely, you know, if, if things don't work out, I'm a little more adult, I guess, if you would put it. So I, I do have, you know, a financial plan in case something doesn't happen. But I, I always weigh my options. Like, is this, am I making the most impact in the world right now? When I look in the mirror, I, I do see a designer, but with a dancer's background. And the more I, I look at the experience that I've had as a dancer and as a choreographer, I mean, it's made me a better designer, to be quite honest. It's it's made me someone who appreciates um, creativity, someone who appreciates uh, just some expressing yourself. And then the performance aspect of it. I mean, whenever I'm giving presentations or playbacks, I really lean on the skills and that I that I learned from being a dance teacher and choreographer. So I don't hide it per se, um, but I would, it, it's still a part of me. It's still a part of, of, of who I am. Right now, my current, current role is project manager and senior designer for the uh, Racial Equity and in, in Design Initiative for IBM. And uh, I got to say some of the, the, yeah, the work that I'm doing right now, it is, it is very fulfilling and it's super impactful. And I never thought, honestly, I'd be doing something like this. I've always been um, very politically active, very active in wanting to make, you know, make the make the world a better place for people. So I see myself doing this for a very long time, actually, if not doing this for for the rest of my life. I learned that I am a damn good logistical planner. <laughs> I am really good at logistics. I did take things so personally back in the day, you know, and it took me a long time to develop that thick skin to, to just let the, the things, you know, learn from it and let it bounce off and move on. that wraps up this episode i want to thank jessica for sharing their journey thank all of you for listening until next time